Welcome to the Between the Ears podcast. This episode, we have Miranda and Julian Alcarez, co-founders of the online fitness community, Street Parking. Miranda and Julian are truly OGs in the CrossFit space. Uh, Miranda was a flow master for Level 1 staff. She was actually one of my Level 1 instructors, along with Spencer, who was a previous podcast guest, which is kind of cool. And they were both games athletes, both individually and uh, Miranda was on a team a few years. And so while they're maybe, I don't know, maybe best known for their, uh, you know, athletic competitor games accolades, um, and those are certainly impressive. You know, anybody that gets to that level, there's there's obviously an impressiveness to this. What's truly incredible about Miranda and Julian is just how much of a positive influence they have had on thousands of people. And we're Not to, like, compare, but, like, we're probably talking hundreds of thousands of people when you when you kind of do the math. What they've done is they've armed and equipped regular people, not necessarily where they came from of like games athletes and competitors, but like regular people with an approachable, accessible, and effective programming where all you need is a pair of dumbbells and they'll hook you up with a solid workout through street parking. When they first started street parking, this was before the pandemic. This was years before the pandemic. They were kind of first to scene of saying, hey, the game stuff and training and competitor stuff is cool, but that's not really where we're going to have the most impact as far as like changing people's lives through fitness. So their promise was, if you have a pair of dumbbells, we'll hook you up with some solid workouts. And what has grown um, to what it is today, you know, certainly didn't start there, but what has grown has been just an amazing ecosystem within street parking of very tight knit community that does way more than just a workout and really talks about this notion of fitness freedom for folks. So we dive into that. We talk about how street parking came about their origin story and yeah, how they cultivate agency through fitness freedom and strong connections across the world through their various programs and offerings and their uh, employees and their, you know, their internal team as well. We discuss their dose experience and how intentionally challenging yourself fits into their fitness landscape and how as leaders, they're always looking to provide value to their people, which is kind of how we entered the picture. And we were invited graciously into the street parking community and have done some cool things. And we discuss kind of what we have going up uh, in, in, in a little bit. So Miranda and Julian's story is truly inspirational because they are truly incredible humans. Their leaders, their business partners, their husband and wife, their parents, and throughout it all, um, what's, what's clear is their passion and their authenticity rings true. And I think, you know, that has no shortage of uh, contribution to the massive success that is street parking and where it's truly an honor to, to sit down to talk to them. And it's, uh, they're, 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 they're people that it feels good to celebrate their successes. So without further ado, here's the show. start the podcast with hellos is this what it so it started yeah great that's, we're that's going. our start we only had one person mess it up yeah that's all right though the hellos yeah like the they hellos. just didn't yeah. know that they had to say hello oh, oh. but you yeah. guys passed the test mm-hmm. we can move forward great <laughs> we have mental toughness yeah we have Prove it, it. <laughs> Miranda and julian welcome hello. to the the show well, actually, we're in your, we're in your home. We're in your backyard. That's right. We're here at street parking. Very cool. Um, so, with this episode, we're hoping to, you know, get a little bit of background on how we know each other, what you guys, what your story is, all of that. You guys are obviously like titans in the oh. fitness space. You're titans. 
and uh, yeah, just have a good chat. We obviously have done some, we're doing some cool stuff while we're out here. Um, and just, yeah, kind of dive in. Okay. So we like to ask people, who are you? Oh. Who are you? And you can answer that and maybe, you know, the most deepest, the most deep answer you can possibly come up with. Is that what you want is the deepest? No, I'm just kind of oh, kidding. Okay. But, you know, I think what's, <laughs> what's really interesting is just, I don't, you know, your story. And so sharing kind of what you're doing, but how you got here and. Who, who were both of you before Street Park? Before you were sort of together Disaster. with Street Park? Oh, you, we'll let you start. You want me to if go? you want, I mean, Man, it sounds have... like you have a. We should tell each that we should explain the other person. Yeah. Okay. No, no, I won't do no, that no, because no, I'll no, be no, 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 no. no. I don't want to do that. No, it wasn't like. I would have. I would have been no nicer arguments. about him no than arguments. he will be. Yeah, yeah. Is oh, what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You can speak for yourself. Oh, nice. Okay, so before we met each other, I was. Um, uh, I was trying to be an actor in L.A. I moved to L.A. from a small town to Oregon which was 4,000 people. And there's no regrets, to be honest, but going from there, one extreme to the other, was in LA for 10 years, I wanted to pursue acting. And then throughout that journey, I stumbled upon CrossFit at the age of 22, and then really fell in love. Well, fitness has always been something that has, I've always been a fan of. So naturally that kind of took me away from my interest in acting, because acting was just something that I was doing, I feel like, for other people, and mm. it, it was something that I felt gave me a purpose or an identity, because I didn't know what I wanted to do, mm. especially at 18, 19, when everybody wanted to go to school. I went to college for like um, two weeks, and I knew immediately <laughs> that at that point, I just walked out of class, I just stopped caring. I put yeah. no value in, um, you know, education, this, the school education. Right, right. And so I, I felt like in the course of living in L.A. before I met Miranda, I learned a lot about um, the real world, yeah. a lot, and that's to put it kindly. Um, so there's a lot of benefits from that, but also, you know, uh, it did put a lot of, ch it presented a lot of challenges. It did numb me up a little bit um, sure. to being a little bit more cold-blooded, less empathetic, um, but like I said, on the bright side, it did teach me a lot about social skills, how to have conversations in any room, because with acting, you just go in, you know, you're, you're just, uh, hearing constant no's, but the constant, like, uh, you're, you're like a phoenix in this scenario. Mm -hmm. Every, you know, you're just being reborn every day mm -hmm. because you're like, okay, I got to start over and keep going and be consistent. And um, how to, so all that was just kind of helping me become the entrepreneur that um, I am today. And so that's kind of who I was before I met Mer. Then when I met Miranda at 26, then, you know, that, that was a big, and we had a conversation about this recently, how meeting her definitely changed my life. Like there's certain moments in individuals' lives that you definitely remember. That mm -hmm. is one of them mm -hmm. because it changed the course of history for not only us, but I guess people all around the world, yeah. you know, and through that came it's 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 challenges and growing for me as an individual because she saw something in me that I did not, mm. and then it led to me, you know, rising up to the challenge, then becoming a husband, a father of three, a business owner, um, and so that's who I am today. Wow. To summarize it, beautiful. Nice. What did she see in you you didn't see in I think that I was around an environment of people that, um, not only people, but also myself, that it didn't, it, I was capped on how much I could grow because the individuals that I was around, it, it felt like they didn't want others to grow past them. You know, and I think that because of that, you're in that environment and you were younger, you just kind of accept that. You don't want to surpass that. Where it takes, um, I would say, good coaches and good and mature people actually identify individuals that can grow past them, and that's exciting. Yeah. You actually push them to reach that level of growth and not turn it into a jealousy thing. You definitely, it's, it becomes selfless at that right. point. Um, and you see what, you know, at, at some point it's like, hey, I've given you the most that I can, sure. being able to have those conversations. It's like, you, you need to untap this, go try this now without us. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it just put a lot, and then just that environment, a lot of self-doubt, I didn't put a lot of value in my uh, the ability that I had to learn f for myself as an individual. 
So I never jumped into reading. Uh, I never jumped into educating myself and excelling in that manner, um, which, you know, she, I think she saw how smart I was because I put a lot of value on my looks, being in, that I was in LA and in, in the industry of entertainment, mm -hmm. also in fitness culture out there. There's a lot of value in how someone looks, yeah. you know? And then, so they kind of put a persona on you. She saw a different persona, who I really was, mm -hmm. and then it took a lot for me to shave that away. And to, until this day, we still have moments that, you know, wow, I didn't realize this was still affecting me, but it's easier to have those conversations now to go back and identify, I guess this thing was still lingering from back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, and we've had multiple of those actually within the last month. And yeah. it's just become, it's still uncomfortable to discuss, but it's a lot easier to know that, okay, you know, let, let's have this conversation. I'm not scared to go back and dive deep into insecurities. Yeah. You know, so. I think he was acting in his day-to-day -day life and he had been cast as a role by the people around him in his real life. And that was the role that they were comfortable with him being, and it was a role that he was really good at, and like so um, used to playing that it just was the, also the easiest, like, for him to just live his life as this character mm -hmm. of the like. I mean, he had great friends and people that really enjoyed being around him, and a really great training crew. But he was this character in the training crew, and it's like, well, you can't be the smart guy. Like, you're the like. Right. fit, funny, good-looking guy, you know, that's super charismatic. Like, mm. you're not the, like, serious talks guy. You're not the, like, I'm trying to grow and, and be a, you know. Kind of pigeonholed. Yeah, and all the people around him. And I would say, to a certain extent, even his family oh, had pigeonholed him absolutely. into that. That was mm -hmm. his character. And, and like, even, like, the sponsors that he would work with and, every, like, the stuff that they would pitch him to do, I was, like, and, and I came in and I met him completely on accident. Um immediately was like confused by how everybody around him would talk to him and wow. treat him. Cause I was yeah. just like, what, but you're smarter than that person. Like I can see it. Like, how can you not? So I think it was just like a day to day. He had found the role that really worked for him in that, huh. in that environment. Yes. Which we, which we all do. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not living, not being the role that for in someone else's script. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, Miranda, what led you to having that? <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, kind of vision and clarity. Yeah, so I guess it would make most sense since we're here with you guys uh, to go back and and talk about how I had know you and what I was doing before. I grew up in a big family um, with brothers, four brothers and a, and a sister, and um, grew up in very many ways like the complete opposite of him. I was like the high achiever. Um, always doing all the extra things, student government, like all, all of it. Like imagine that kid and I was that kid, like I was in the high school or in the plays and the musicals and the cheerleader and just too much. And um, the reason that I was that way is because my three older brothers were always in trouble, all had problems with drugs, always were getting sent home from school in bad grades, and so I wanted to be the opposite of them in every way that I possibly could. So I took anything that they did and did the opposite of it. Um, partially for my parents, but partially because I was like, I just don't want to be like that, like they're yeah. ghetto. You know, like that was my like, you know, way of thinking. And so um, I did that. And through that, um, I found CrossFit in 2000, I fell in love with fitness randomly my boyfriend in high school his mom was a spin instructor and so I would go to her classes and I thought it was really fun and she encouraged me like you should teach this I think you'd be good at it um, didn't play any sports or anything like that growing up so never thought of myself as an athlete um, but started teaching group fitness and personal training and that sort of thing um, I was married to somebody who was prior military and so through us talking about the type of training in military uh, I had found CrossFit through googling like Marine Corps training because right. I was kind of bored with the like cable crossover right, machine right. and the BOSU balls and all of that which was really popular at the time I don't know I guess it probably still is like to stand on one foot and try yeah. to do the cable Slowly. crossover with the others yeah. and like bounce a ball in the other hand really, like all of the, the yes all like, of that was really like the, the thing yeah. at the time and it was boring um, and so I found CrossFit and then just a few months later ended up opening the first CrossFit affiliate in Utah in Salt Lake City 
um, and had that gym with him from 2008 to 2011. And during that time is where I met you because I started working on the CrossFit seminar team um, and competed in CrossFit um, also by accident. Like people are like, how did you start? And I was like, well, I just went to the 2008 right. CrossFit Games and signed up. Yeah. And then it was fun. So I just kind of kept doing it. And I was good at it only because I started doing it before everybody else. Mm -hmm. right, right. <laughs> and I rode Early that wave adopter. for as long yeah. as possible. <laughs> and so, um, but I always identified more as on the coaching side. And um, again, like maybe a little bit more of an opposite mindset from from Julian, like I read everything, like I wanted to read everything and I was such a perfectionist, especially with what we did, like that was the culture of the seminar team. It was the like, I need to know the answer to any possible question that could ever come up and be this perfect lecturer, in it, which is, I, I mean, I'm super grateful for it because it built just this um, discipline and, and confidence to be able to do what we did. But uh, it was also crazy, like the travel was, Insane, and my whole existence was CrossFit. Yeah. Like, my job, when I was home, all I was doing was training, so I was trying to compete. Um, it, my whole existence was this um, culture, which in so many ways helped me to grow, but in uh, right before we met in 2015, um, my then-husband and I had separated because both of us worked for CrossFit. We never spent any time together because he was the same as I was. Like he just worked all the time, mm -hmm. and we had become like complete roommates. Um, and and really and really we had been the whole time. Like it was just not a, a good a good pairing. Um, but I had basically sacrificed everything in my life to win the CrossFit Games with the 2015 NorCal CrossFit mm. team. And I mean, we were making it happen, and then I got injured during the the games, and it was like this moment of like, you're I think I was 31 or 32, 32, and it was like what? Okay, like, look at the the rest of your like you put everything on like, on hold for this one thing, and now just a quick moment, quick injury, and yeah. now like yeah. what's left. Yeah. And so I was like, I've gained everything I can possibly gain from competing. I had a large following, I had a great job, like I need to move on, like I need to stop and, and, and think about what's next. Like I need to figure out, am I gonna have kids? Well, now you're not married anymore, so how, how is that gonna happen and all of that. So um, I moved. I was so uh, like embarrassed and like, uh, ashamed that it, I felt like it was my fault that our team didn't win because we definitely would have won um, that weekend. Uh, they still ended up placing 10th with five people um, yeah, <laughs> for the, the last the two days. Six, yeah, because yeah, because I wasn't allowed to compete anymore, and, but they let the five of them keep going. Um, I felt so embarrassed, and, like I couldn't even go to and work out at that gym anymore. And it wasn't because of how anyone else on the team talked to me or treated me. It was just like, I need to get out of this environment. I need to move away from all of this. And so I moved to Southern California and met Julian um, like on one of the trips where I was looking for a place to live. And it's funny because we both competed in the 2015 games. Sorry, I wasn't sure if you met. And we had never met. That. Mm -mm. that was with the wheelbarrow? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, that should have been that. right up your alley. That was a good one. That one I crushed that one. <laughs> um, and then we had both competed in other like competitions in California at the, at the same time and the same place um, before too. But the only thing that I knew of him was that he was like one of the two dudes that made it so that Josh Bridges didn't qualify. Mm -hmm. Like that was it. Like that right, was the right. entirety of it. And that he wore really um, bright t-shirts. Mm -hmm because of the role that we were playing at the oh, time. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, we met randomly because I was friends with some of his training partners and uh, visited their gym and also was actually hanging, well, I wasn't hanging out. I had become friends with a dude from their gym who had invited me to come. And when this person drove up and I saw their car, I immediately knew that I wasn't attracted to them at all. It was a Prius. It was a Prius. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> I thought it was. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so I'm just not a. Plus 10 points from around. Okay. Yeah. 
just lost a couple of followers on that one, but um, it's fine if well, you have a Prius. Like 2015 it's 2015 Prius, so right, yeah, I mean, like different than 2023 yeah. Prius. Um, <laughs> anyway, and yeah, so we met that day. We ended up going and getting some food together, like super casually, at least in my mind it was, um, because I was staying at a hotel. I didn't have anywhere to... I, I was there for a seminar, actually. I was going to do a seminar, then I was going to go look for somewhere to live after the seminar. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I was just, you know, it was cool for me because he, as what he was saying with like, there was so much value on his looks. I think the advantage that I had from coming from the CrossFit community is you get a certain level of immune to it, right. of yeah. attractive people. Oh, another fit Right. right. Like I had been working for CrossFit and, and um, interviewing CrossFit Games athletes and the people that I worked out with in NorCal, everybody was beautiful. Right, like right. so everyone was attractive. Yeah. And so it's like when we went to eat, I assumed it was going to be the same conversation that I had with all the CrossFit dude bros, right. you know, oh, yeah. and I had nothing like I love those guys. Right. They're yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. But it was a completely different experience where he's talking about salsa dancing and the cupcakes that he likes to make and all of this stuff. And he was just so interesting. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was the exact opposite of what I had expected. Um, so, yeah, then we have um, gone through a lot mm -hmm. and grown together over the last. It's so crazy that we've only known each other for, I guess, not even eight years with what has transpired yeah. since then. Because when did then street parking, well, when was that birth? 2016. 2016, like a year later. A year later, mm -hmm. yeah, wow. wow. Yeah, we found out we were pregnant uh, with Knox, who wasn't planned. We moved yeah. in, found out we were pregnant, and started street parking all within like a 30-day window. Oh my gosh, window. of course. There's a lot, of course. And his mom moved in with us at that time also. <laughs> there we go. It was like a very, it was a lot all at once. But here you are. But here yes. we are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in the last five years, you've had three children, mm -hmm. and street parking has grown exponentially, mm -hmm. and your team and everything. So what's that five-year, what's that been like? I guess so, I, so it's more like seven, six, we're on your, yeah. six years, because Knox will be six in August. Right. So we're on year six now of the business. This will be seven. This will be, are we on? On seventh year already? When we get to this fall, it'll be seven. Wow. I know. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, well, uh, the first couple of years was really difficult, but you kind of already know that when it comes to, you know, when we start businesses and stuff, you just have the energy to kind of stick in it. And then um, seeing the growth of it really shocked us actually because we weren't expecting it to be what it is today mm. it was very much like hey we should just like create an instagram page and like set up a wadify account so people can log their scores like that's as far as yeah so for we people thought who might not know just real quick what is street parking uh street parking is an online program and community um committed to helping real people take control of their fitness. That's like an abbreviated version. But yeah, it's basically, it started out as like, hey, I've traveled a lot. You work out at home a lot. There, People can do workouts without all of this stuff. Right. We should mm -hmm. just post some of those workouts and then mm -hmm. show people maybe if they don't, can't afford a CrossFit gym or they travel a lot like we do. It was 0% parents in our mind because we weren't parents at right. the time, mm -hmm. um, which is just so funny. Yeah, it was low barrier. Yeah. Right. And street parking is cool because it's like park in the street Right. Use your garage Correct. for the gym, which is yeah. funny because recently my dad's like, you know, if you move that gym out of your garage, you could park in there. And I'm like, what? Like, why would you park in the garage? You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. um, like, that's dumb. People yeah. asked us, too, they're like, what about your driveway? And I was like, we lived in California at the time. People right. can't afford driveways, okay? Right, right, that's, right, a, right. that's a big expense. Um, <laughs> one of the things I thought was really interesting when we met up with you guys last time, when you were talking about starting street parking was like, Obviously, you both had like a following from your experience with CrossFit, but you know the initial interest. You felt like okay, we could get some people interested mm -hmm. initially. But I think it's a misconception that like oh, it's just easy because you were on CrossFit staff. Or like of course mm -hmm. now it's. Do you get that a lot where people don't understand? Maybe like you're saying, the first two years were really hard, or beyond that first initial hit. Like what it really takes to build business like do you think that sometimes do people misunderstand like how hard 
has really been. Yeah, so. well, I think one of the things that we bring up often to individuals is it's not us just the launch of the business. It was also who we were as individuals, like the story of each one of us growing up, you know, getting to a point of we want to start a business. It's, a, you know, our experience. We've had our, you know, failures that allowed us to continue to overcome. And we've learned a lot from those mistakes to get us to a point to then approach street parking very differently, very conservatively, very in, in an approach that was super sustainable because she was still working for Progenics at the time. I had a meal prep business at the time. And so having one source of income really just wasn't our in our cards we, we were like to do multiple things yeah. but then we realized oh this is an opportunity to really zone in on one thing and mm. focus and make it the best thing because you know we both had skin in the game yeah. we gave away we let go of our other jobs and then comes the commitment to what you're going to do you know like staying focused and consistent it's no different than the message that we preach to fitness yeah. you have to apply that same mindset to what you do for work as well um, and so the first two years was definitely very difficult you got to stay patient that's the biggest thing is mm. patient mm. Um, and then then there comes a tipping point you, you continue to do your best and um, understand that things are something's gonna have to give so in that scene was when we moved to Washington I got excited because I had friends that were going to live in the area, but realizing <laughs> that we were now parents and then realizing what you have to give up to be the best parent you can be, to be the best partner you can still be, and now a business owner. So like all those things took priority over anything that you want to do on a personal note. But then people start feeling the panic because they feel like they're losing their identity. So yeah, that's the, the mental aspect of running a business that a lot of people don't really talk about, right? The resilience. And I think given that our, our naturally our lifestyle is fitness, we beat ourselves up on a daily basis with our fitness to make us resilient mentally, physically. Um, and I think that really helped us continue to you know, keep yeah. moving forward. Yeah. Um, and also Miranda's experience too, I think that it was a good blend of both of our life experience because she brought up professionalism with as you heard her introduce herself like I was very read everything have all this and that's why she was an amazing seminar um, flow master for me I was very more laid back in the moment you know things happen for a reason it's okay you know so blending our approaches as well and make and applying that towards our business the way we knew how mm -hmm. and not trying to copy someone else mm -hmm. I think there's also that when it comes to creating an identity for street parking as well I think one of the things that you probably remember us talking about was it's like you can get sure like when you have a big following and, and all of that you can get people to join initially right. but the problem um, that people run into that is okay but if you're gonna have a successful business, they have to stay with a subscription model. Right. Like that's how it works. Right. And so um, I never had any, like we put zero value in, oh, just because we have this big following, like people will, it was always like with a product that we deliver needs to keep people and you, we need to keep delivering. You can't just have like the initial sell. Yeah. And then it's always been, if we deliver a good product, then it doesn't really matter how big of a following we have because those people bring more people and then those people bring, like that's a way better funnel than me needing to feel like I need to stay relevant and look a certain way and this and that and same thing for him. Right. It's not about you, it's about the product. And right. it was like one of the reasons why like, I would never name my product after myself. Like, because then it's like, as soon as I'm not relevant, sure. like you, that's just so much to carry. And, and obviously, yeah. I mean, we still feel that huge burden to carry it on our shoulders but we have been able to spread it out to other people we have other coaches now and other yeah. people who can program and be in videos and all of that the difference between being leaders and being the the name you, yeah you still have to lead right um but it is it's really amazing to see the community that you've built like people feel part of something and to do that you know i think that's common and obviously one of the strengths of crossfit gyms is like the community piece but to do that, to your point, not having face-to-face -face time with people, mm -hmm. but, but people, it's always cool to go on Instagram and see people with the key logo. And mm -hmm. like they really feel, I'm sure like they, in a, in a good way, like that you are leading them. They mm -hmm. sure. feel both empowered and led, which is I think 
Yeah, and it's like a tr it's like a trust thing too. I remember, you know, one of the things that I've said many times about when uh, that first initial month, I think we had like 700 people join, and our thought process going into it was that we were gonna have like 100 people ever. Oh wow! And it it wasn't it wasn't about oh look how successful we are like this is awesome. It was oh shoot look at all these people we're responsible for, for now. Sure. Yeah, you yeah. know, and I think it's like that those little changes in how you look at it. And I, I and I think the misconception about how easy it is to have an online program ended in 2020 when everybody tried to have mm -hmm. an online program and they saw that you it's not a set it and forget it. You don't yeah. throw a workout onto Wattify and then go work out all day. Um, we do street parking now because that's all the time that we have. Like you we're not are the Yes, we are of, the customer. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of people, you know, that 2020 year was like a really interesting thing because we I we saw people people that I know that were trying to post at home programming where I'm like this person doesn't believe in what they're saying yeah. they right. don't actually believe yeah. that this workout that they're showing people the in their kitchen like it's not yeah. they're saying it because that's what people want to hear right now but right. they don't actually believe it themselves right. I think too that one of the things we've realized over the course of this journey is um, a lot of people didn't believe, like almost the roots of CrossFit, which was essentially your box was your garage, right? Mm -hmm. And so going back to those roots and us taking it seriously because we know that it's effective, you can actually, we believed and because we, we were doing it, we were training back in our garage space. Because mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of times people at first were very hesitant because said, oh, that's that at work home program that moms do. And I think over the, it's evolved now to lots. It's gotten the attention of many people and seeing, oh, Yeah, no, it was like, definitely like the mom dumbbell program. Yeah, it was the dumbbell <laughs> program. That's what it right, was. Right. Yeah. You know, it's so crazy because, you know, obviously that's how we were able to pitch it because it was so simple as you could do every single workout with a pair of dumbbells. Yeah. But given our background, too, I think that definitely helped with the platform because there's nobody that could question our level of fitness right, in right. space. Like we, we were the we've hit the topest level of coaching and also as athletes, as individuals. Yeah. And now brought it back down to normalizing like, hey, th this is all you need yeah. for the yeah. everyday person. Yeah. I think one of the nice things about this year um, when we did the open because for the people that do pay attention to that scene still, we do think that street parking is almost a, a rehab for a lot of people that do training. It was for us. It was for, yeah, it was for us, yeah. yeah. But we've, and in seeing that, we're realizing that lots of people need that to understand that life changes. And that's not to take away people from boxes because we love where we came from. However, with everything, things continue to evolve. It's just yeah. part of the the course the of life, right? Of life. And yeah. so CrossFit's been around for 10 years, but for us, like we love like our roots, but we also realized it was just hard for us to get to a gym and we weren't gonna stop working out. Right. So we made it available yeah. to ourselves and to many other people. Mm -hmm. And so this year, I think what's really cool is now that you know more and more people have their eyes on it, for the people that really need to have a reality check, even us participating in the open and our performance in it, in it still, we're reaching the audience of people that need it the most. Like, can you see where we're still at if that you guys place value in this? Mm -hmm. But if you do, then street parking is actually really good for you. Mm -hmm. Because anything above where we're at and you guys are trying to be some kind of a competitor or something, you know, then maybe like you want way more longer structure, things like sure. that, go for it. Right. We're just, we know what our program is and what we're trying to, what our messaging is. Um, and over the course of the seven years, it's just been solidified more and more yeah. as our life changes and how consistent we've been with ourselves and which is street parking. The other thing that's the work that people don't um, realize is the paying attention to what's actually happening in your community. So one of the things that we've always done and now thank goodness we have a, a team that helps us is like, we're interacting and reading and watching what our members are saying, what their pain points are, what they're struggling with, what they need, what they wish, you know, you know, all of that stuff. Where again, it's not like I throw a workout onto a platform and then I just go do my thing. Right. Um, and so much of what we've created from challenges to the program that we're doing with you guys to the extra programs to fitness free, like all the hashtags that we use yeah, yeah. that have been, mm -hmm. is just watching what they're talking about. And yeah. it's like, okay, I can see maybe a piece of the messaging that they're still that's You're still missing. Their needs. Yeah, and you and it takes time, like that's a time commitment to do that to pay attention to all of that stuff.
So you guys obviously have different, for people that don't know, what's really unique is you have the workout of the day with different variations, depending on their equipment. Um, I like that you also offer like the shift mm -hmm. option. Um, like there's literally something for everyone. Mm -hmm. yes. um, and then you have endurance program, you have tactical, like you have, uh, yeah, you have everything. Evolved, yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. you have mm -hmm. for prenatal, postpartum. Um, but one of the things that I think is so cool is the, the hashtag, like the fitness freedom piece. Mm -hmm. And that's something that, um, you know, encourages people to not feel like we were talking about the other, like, am I, like newer members of yours might say, like, am I allowed to do this or that? Um, <laughs> and as someone that has been participating in the vault, which is like a, how many weeks is that? 25. That's 25. And it's every week a new one launches, uh, a new workout. And it's really cool to like, just like color outside the lines. Like mm -hmm. I'm gonna use this for this or this for that. And, and to feel like, I, like that's the norm and I accomplished it, that, like, that is the norm. You're mm -hmm. not scaling or changing it. Like it's just a different perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's just, that's just awesome. And still you also encourage people to not shy away from going hard. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like you're, you're a full spectrum of trying to meet where people are at. So one of the, we're here to do a program that's more on the mindset side of things. What was it about that that kind of was a need that you guys saw in your community that you thought we could? I mean, obviously, it's one of the hardest things we've talked about it um, plenty when you guys have been here on your trips. One of the hardest things to do is to to be someone's coach whether it's for movement or for just being able to say the right words at the right time to get them to check into the workout when we're not there with them when they're working out. Um, and there's so many of them. So it's also not like one-on-one -on -one programming where I'm like, okay, this is a workout, and then we talk about how it went, and they can send me this whole debrief. Right. Um, I mean, many of them do that, mm -hmm. but we and we read as much of it as we can on Facebook or whatever, but um, we understand like how important... Um, the mind is and how powerful it can be in uh, helping you to improve your fitness, but also how fitness can be a way that you can learn about yourself. Like these really hard, whether it's a workout or a ruck or whatever, like there are these opportunities where you're, the, the physical discomfort can teach you a lot about yourself that goes out into the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, and we've tried different different ways of going about that. I think I told you guys like some of the more simple things is, hey, choose two workouts a week that you're gonna do the send it. And that was a big thing for a while where it's like, choose one that you're really excited about and go for it. And then choose one workout that you definitely don't wanna do and make yourself do that workout and, and push yourself that way mentally. Um, we've done some, uh, we had some podcasts with like the Jeb and Flow when Jeb was still here where he would do like a weekly like, hey, this is what I want you thinking about during your breathing. Choose one workout and do this kind of like breathing thing. Um, and, you know, what, what I like about what you guys are doing is you're connecting those two things and you do a really good job of it. Not in like a over-the-top Goggins-y way. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. Um, and not in a like you've got to overhaul your whole life and not pay attention to your kids to right. show your mental toughness right. type of, right. you know, like a, like a real, a real way through some of the stuff that you guys are doing. Um, and I've always been of, and I know we've always been of the mind of like, if there's somebody that's doing it better or that can do it better, like let them do it. Don't just like try to copycat what they're doing. And it's the same with like the pregnancy and postpartum. I've had three kids. I know what that was like for me, sure. but I'm not, a pregnancy and post I'm not a PT I'm not I don't have special training in that for that population as a whole so right. I should not be creating that program we've always um, brought other people in to help us with stuff that right. those people have more experience and know more about it than we do and so I feel like with you guys it's similar to that it's really refreshing and I think actually rare though for mm -hmm. people to do that like bringing, like there's a scarcity often, mm -hmm. or like the hoarding or whatever you want to call it. There's also it. the like, how hard could it be? Element. Right. right. Yeah. Like just do this and I think. Yeah, I'll um, just copy it kind of. I'll change a couple things. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm sure that lends itself to like, like your program is you, like what's, there is a name for it. 
where like the tire company doesn't make it's actually something in marketing or it, there's mm -hmm, where, mm -hmm. where like just doing what you do really well and mm -hmm. then having other people who do what they do well and then you end up with just more value mm -hmm. so you guys actually experimented a little bit I mean you've experimented with the work program that we're launching for your members but you recently did one of our dose workouts which is like a weekly to your point I think it's cool that we kind of do the same thing and making these things approachable um, for people every day so it's a weekly workout and you guys did one that the mindset was see it through and it mm -hmm. was like a burpee and a sled um, for 60 minutes <laughs> it was one of our death by workouts um, so we like to hear how it went and like kind of hear what came up and what your experience was and it's cool that everybody usually has a different experience we ended up having eight people from our staff come and do it with us mm -hmm. um which was cool and i do you know kariana we've talked a lot about like there uh there is a difference about if you do something like that completely alone versus with the group um I mean, with the type of people that work here, it's like you throw out that you're going to do that, and oh, of yeah. course everybody's going, oh, I'll, I'll do that. Which is cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it was great. And well, because everybody here had um, a good experience when you guys came in December and we did one of the workouts that's in the program we're going to release mm. um, and, and, and enjoyed that with you. So they, when I told them it was from you guys too, they were, they were more excited about it. Um, so yeah, there were, there were eight of us that did it and we kind of went on a rotation. It worked really well cause it was yeah. like an, an imam style. Um, and I didn't go into it with like a whole lot of expectation. Did you? Um, no, I didn't. I just kind of knew what was the thing is like, given our history, like we know what to expect over a long hour long workout. And you know that you're, we're not afraid to tap into that mental aspect, mm -hmm. which I look forward to when given like, it's not every day that we do an hour long workout. So when you, mm -hmm. for, for me, the experience was cool. Like I'm going to check in for an hour. It's not like I do this regularly. This is specifically to, for this. Um, and I made it work for me. There's the numbers you guys provided. And, um, it was very appropriate because, you know, I liked gradually, you know, uh, I like workouts that gradually um, put you in the state of mentally preparing yourself for the next level, the next level, the next level, mm -hmm. and seeing what that final level looks like. And then to get before you get rocked and knocked off the horse, and then for you to then get back on yeah. and stay in it to see it through, which is exactly what the... Do you want us to say what the workout was? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if you, that was like a secret. Um, so yeah, it was the uh, minute one was this hundred foot, which thing? hundred meters. <laughs> I thought it was a hundred meters at first, and I thought you guys were a little crazy. I was like, oh, we're gonna have to really sprint with this sled. A mm -hmm. um, hundred foot sled push, and then a death by burpee on the second minute. So the first round is one and two, the second round, whatever, and then the third minute is rest. So um, you had said make the sled heavy enough that it takes you at least 30 seconds if okay. it takes you 45 seconds on the first round you're in trouble mm -hmm. um and then really people who are really fit should probably go up by two burpees each yes. time was that was that was the instruction other than like the write-up that went with the workout that was kind of what you had that explained to me yes and so we kind of said that to everybody and it was interesting when we were all there, like what people were choosing and choosing the weight on the sled and, and it was this also interesting thing because all of us didn't have that we're sharing the sled, especially don't have identical fitness levels right, right. or, you know, ability on the sled. Um, so it was like an interesting thing to see who was making what choices for sure. Mm -hmm. And there's a component of like, we talk about like being of little preference, like be of no preference. Mm -hmm. So there's that too, when you're in a group, what you're gaining from the group. Sure. You might lose having it be exactly what you maybe it's a little light maybe it's a little heavy but there's value to that as well like kind of I prefer this workout but I'm going to do this one that I don't prefer to make a point so there's it's kind of sometimes like it's not about don't get hung up in the details mm -hmm. one of the things that I think has um that is along those lines and, and one of the reasons that I also enjoy you know somebody just throwing a workout out there and just being like all right I'll do it is um when I was training with the team at NorCal we had no structure, no plan. Most of the time that I was there, we had no coach, no programming that we were following. 
we would literally show up without having any idea what we were going to do. And whatever came out of Jason's mouth, usually it was Jason, um, we would just be like, all right, we're going to do it. And I think that one of the reasons that we were as successful as we were is that was our everyday reality. And so when the games, you don't know the events when you show up, they're like, you're doing this. And we'd just be like, okay. (laughs) You know, it was just like a normal day where I think the more the sport has grown, the less of that there, everybody is so like their warm up is so structured and they're this and that and their knee sleeves and all. And it was one of the things when I met him, I was like, your guys' training is really boring. Mm -hmm. Like you guys just need to go, like, when do you ever just like go for it with no strategy, no like one-to-one work to rest ratio. Like it was all very structured and, um, but yeah, I still really, I still really appreciate that. And now both of us are like that. It's like, this is what we're gonna do, and you're just like, okay. okay. Yeah. And it's like, well, my knee's hurting me, so I'm just gonna do this. And the fitness freedom and, and street parking has just made that not feel like right. I'm yeah. scaling or I'm doing right. something wrong or it doesn't count or whatever. Yeah. Um. And now it's just like, all right, well, I'm gonna do the bike instead of box jumps, or I'm gonna, and it's and it's nothing, it. it's and nothing. It. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, nobody's yeah. like, what? Right. You know. Um, but what I found was interesting with the, with this workout was all of the guys that were sharing the sled, Julian and Salvi and DH chose to go up by two, which was a hundred percent appropriate for Julian. Yeah. A hundred percent appropriate for Salvi, whether or not it was appropriate for DH, like, (laughs) but he was in, but I think it was like, well, that's what the bros are doing. So I got to do it. You know what I mean? And then, um, those of us that were sharing the other sled, uh, all went up by one. And I had this moment because I am good at burpees and I am pretty fit where I see they're on like 12 burpees and I'm still only doing six and getting tons of rest where I had this moment of like guilt, like I should be like DH is doing two burpees, you know, adding two and I'm only adding one. Like I'm, I felt like I was doing it wrong or that I should be doing two every single time, you know, adding two. And then it was like that, see it through. Right. It was that hey, you chose to do one, yeah. so just do one. Yeah. Like, it, you don't always need to be doing what they're doing just yeah. because Julian yeah. is, you know, being, and he wasn't, but sometimes Julian will add a weight vest to a workout and everything, and all of a sudden, everybody's wearing a weight vest, and I'm just like, guys, he's yeah. the only person that should be right, wearing this right. weight vest. <laughs> and um, I think part of my growth as I've had babies and, gotten busier and gotten older is not constantly still feeling like you have to be doing the most extra version of the workout all the time just because somebody else is doing it. Even in my friendship with Molly, it's like still this because we trained together for so long where I hear like if she used 85 pounds, well, now I feel like I have Uh to use it and I'm still coming out of that. You know what I mean? So I had a moment with that in the in the dose workout. We did end up adding weight to our sled, though, but I think it was appropriate. Like we got like 20 minutes in and yeah. it was still only taking us like just under 30 seconds. And so it was like, yeah. this sled's too light. But there's a, there's like a rigidity to this. That's like when you describe like the, the, the contrasted training of like, like it's a chemistry experiment versus like a canvas and, and an artist. And mm-hmm. when we're so, you know, rigid and inflexible and fragile, that's something that a lot of people in the fitness space experience. You know, they can't deviate, they can't color outside of the lines. If if I do this, what does it say about me? And it's like that kind of to the point, like that's just a role, like that's not, like be the write your own script kind of situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, we just have, I think there's freedom within structure. Yeah. And I, I think, we, which is uh, really good. It's, and um, it's worked really well that way. Mm-hmm. Because then there's the people that just have no structure, yeah. always, constantly. And then those are the ones that tend to sometimes fall off, unless you're like in a good group. You know. I think, I think one of the potential um, downsides to fitness freedom, if there is one, is for people like us, it works well because we have that... Um, there are days where certainly like I don't push as hard as I'm capable of pushing, for sure. And I think that's fine. But I think that there's also... Um, oh, fitness freedom, I'm going to use the sandbag. And it's like, but you always use the sandbag. Right. Now it's like right. you're choosing. Right. It's so where sometimes you need to be told like, hey, there's no sandbag in this one. Like you got to use the dumbbells. And uh, we're actually in the middle of a challenge right now where 
is an entire month where we're encouraging people to only use their dumbbells. Yeah. And some people really love that. That's what they do year round. But some people it's like, what, I can't use my barbell for the right, power clean right. workout. Like, right. how am I going right. to, it's not as cool. It's not right. as fun. It's not as whatever. And so we try to build some of that kind of stuff yeah. in where yes. we do encourage yeah. people to come yeah. away from that. Um, because fitness freedom can give you the option to always choose sure. what's comfortable. And, and I think people find that in, like, I think that's what's great is there are these options, there are these invitations. Ultimately, people have to choose for themselves, um, but there's no shortage of, like, trying to, like I said, like, have the full spectrum. Mm-hmm. Right. But any one thing could lead to a polarized mm-hmm. scenario. Um, we talk about that with even with, you know, our gym where there's no set workout for the day. There's programming for the week. Mm. Depending upon how someone comes in on that day, like, that might be, it might be more appropriate for them to go hard or Mm -hmm. like maybe not, maybe just do like an easy bike or a recovery day or something. But we do kind of have this thing where we're always checking and and us being people who, you know, will like to challenge ourselves and feed off of that. But when it, when that, when that empowered approach, the fitness freedom approach bumps up against like, are we just enabling people Mm -hmm. to avoid doing the thing that, Mm -hmm. let's be honest, yeah, you're kind of, you know what I mean? Like you gotta go, you gotta like jump Mm -hmm. into it. Not everything, too much safety is dangerous at a certain point. And how do you keep a pulse on that? Or can you for your, you know, 35,000 members? Like I'm sure that that must be a tough thing to I mean, I think our belief at the end of the day is even if they're comfortable in their workouts and they're choosing, you know, the workouts that they like, if they're working out and they're consistent because of that, it's, we're, we've won. You're still, yes. I think that, um, when somebody is in the right place and in the right, like whatever you want to call it, like stage or season of life, or maybe they just listen to the podcast at the right time, Mm -hmm. they'll find those opportunities, um, and, you know, participate in project April or decide they're going to complete the vault no matter what, even if it's the only workout that they do, we've had seen a lot of stories like that. So there are opportunities for that. Mm -hmm. And I think when people are in the right place for that, they'll find those in the community, but we truly do believe like, Hey, if these people, even if they're kind of mailing it in most of the time and they're doing like, they're doing it, they're doing it. And that's what's missing. Um, because you know, one of the other things that we've talked about is with like it being CrossFit rehab is, I mean, I've known people who just, if they don't feel like they, they can do the workout well, they won't work out. And I was like that. Like, I don't want to go to the affiliate where everybody expects me to win the workout when I'm not feeling it or I, you know, it's movements that I know I'm bad at. And so I just, I would rather just not, and I just won't work out. And so, um, you know, I think that that's yeah. been a really important thing that we've given our members too, is yeah. it's like, it's okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think what's, what's awesome is it doesn't, you know, I'm sure most of your members, they're exclusive street parking members, but it is cool to see affiliates do street parking mm-hmm. programming or yeah, having, being a street parking member, maybe it's one or two days a week that you do that workout. Like there's all different, it's, it's, I think right now, like there's so much polarizing, like it's black and white. It's, 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 it's like, it doesn't have to be that. Like there's a way to integrate and, um, and yeah, apply it across wherever you are in your season of life. Right. Yeah. And now you guys just started kids. We're starting to work on some kids stuff. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's also like the season you're like. It's cool yeah. to see like as right. you develop. <laughs> yeah. So like basically, when you're like 80, it's gonna be like a full blown like senior. Just a geriatric <laughs> program. <Yeah. laughs> Miranda's gonna be like help me up to the ring. Oh my gosh. What I what I really respect about you guys is that there's a there's such a um, purity. It, there's an authenticity. It's authentic. It's like very authentic, and that's I think for for like. For Kay and I, like that's all right. That's like a an attractive mm-hmm. sort of force, you know, where it's like these are here. These are two people: your husband, wife, mom, and dad, business owner, athlete, all that other stuff is not the role. That's not the mat. You're you're real people, mm-hmm. and to have the business be an extension of that 
and doing it authentically and uh, you know obviously combined with experience and knowledge sure. and all of that like that's even to the point of you're saying like hey you know you're mom of three and you know like you had a meal prep company but like you can still talk to others about pre postnatal nutrition this right, and that right, right, not right. this like every fire hydrant is mine I'm gonna have to pee on every fire hydrant <laughs> right you know it's like hey chill out and that's really that's really cool in all seriousness where do you see like what is what do you see is next for do you have like a vision of even like what are you passionate about at the moment or like what yeah i mean i think um the people we get asked that question and we've been asked that question a lot since the very beginning and our goal again is just we pay attention to the community both our community and the like world at large like what's going on what do people need what do people need to hear what are they how can we help you know deliver the message that we think is powerful and important and, and will reach people that need it um so we've never had like we want to be at X number of members or this or that or whatever. Um, to your point about like the kids stuff, we hired somebody who she's a um, occupational therapist mm. who works on the CrossFit kids seminar team. Like I can t get my kids to work out, right. you know? And so we're really excited about that. Mm. We're working on putting together some like corporate wellness stuff because I think that's a really like potentially really good thing for us um, because it's needed and you know, um, it, yeah. it, because we you can do it anywhere and you all you need is a pair of dumbbells and it's every fitness level um it can really bring together corporate you know whether it's everybody works remote and so they don't even really know each other but maybe they're all doing the vault workout every week and so yeah. they have that shared yeah. experience yeah, totally. and you guys obviously have been doing things in person for a while but this year it looks like you're doing a lot of like that's cool mm -hmm. you have an opportunity for people to come together in person and and even those are approachable from mm -hmm. like a cost and mm -hmm. like it's realistic. It's not like, okay, for $3,000, right. come and <laughs> come you know, with glamping. Come with to my, Bali yeah. with me. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, of course, right. Sure. And that's just awesome because I'm sure people just might, you know, aspire to, to do that or they, they, it really means something also to, to meet you guys mm -hmm. and change their life and trajectory. Hardest workout you've ever done? Oh my gosh, uh, that's tough. Um, honestly, because it, it's that's really hard yeah. to think about. Because we do so many of them yeah. regularly, like ones that stand out, like the the stimulus that we felt through. You know, the first time I did that, twenty seconds on. Mm -hmm. you know that you made you guys do but also yeah. you what you guys made me do yesterday right that was again that stimulus that was really really hard yeah. you know um doing murph at the 2015 games with the wave vest under the uh, sun like right. that was really really hard because of the elements and what sure. it brought yeah. so as far as like hard most memorable or i have one okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very clear in my mind uh because we've talked about it, because you were also there, but we didn't know each other. It, in 2014, That's right. at the OC Throwdown, for those of you that remember that, oh, those days, true. it was every five minutes for three rounds you do Fran, and your score is your um, slowest Fran time. <laughs> and um, I finished it all three times, and I can't remember, I think my slowest time was like around four minutes. And like, I'm not kidding, I think I lost a couple years of my life that day. Like it, I, there's no, I mean, it's like, it's a traumatic that's, memory. That just sounds like that sound that I was just one event. thinking about. It was one right. event. One event. Yeah, it was right. there wasn't many people who finished it. Um, oh my goodness! And I think you know what happened is I think um, some affiliates gonna program that by oh, the way. Right, like on it's gonna be we're gonna see it on Instagram. Oh. Um, I, I was walking out and I'm, I love Telena Fortunato and, and she's like an awesome mom and now and stuff too. But I was, um, walking out, we were, I was not in the top heat. I was like in the like second heat down, but Telena Fortunato had also found herself in this heat and she was an amazing games athlete at the time. And she was like, oh, I didn't come here to like work out with these people. And maybe she was saying it to me because she thought of me as like an mm -hmm. equal. I definitely wasn't, but she was comfortable saying it to me. And, but I took it as like, Oh, this like heat's not good enough for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think that fueled me a little oh, bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spite. Yeah, yeah. She, f I'm pretty sure she finished all three two. I don't remember because I blacked out after the first one, oh, and gosh. who knows? But um, that was definitely yeah. the worst, the worst one for me. Yeah, but I will say that the, all, childbirth three times yes, is like I was say, you, not even. Right. 
right. you have not watched Julian's movie about Miranda's <laughs> um, third childbirth, you should definitely take a look at that. Um, yeah, it's awesome to. What's the hardest one you've ever done? Yeah. The snatching when you hit yourself in the head? Yeah, emotionally scarring <laughs> was that workout. Man, yeah, I don't know that I have. It's hard, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. it's like we, you're well, not. It's hard in what sense? Hard. Yeah, exactly. And there's yeah, so yeah. many, and then yeah. time. And then to your point about childhood, you kind of like not forget, but like mm-hmm. there's probably moments where like, I am, oh my gosh, that was awful. I'm never going to forget that. And then, of course, you forget it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, the fire plunge one that we mm-hmm. were doing, because um, there's like no escape. Right. Like any workout where like the numbers or the clock, like because. My thing, Miranda and I are very different athletes, but like I will, I'm great at pacing. I'm great mm-hmm. at like long and just, but when there's like that punitive element of like the clock and, and other than just quitting and saying like, I'm not going to continue, you just have no choice but to just sure. mm-hmm. muddle through. Um, but it, it's amazing to experience so many different, over the course of your fitness career, like to still have things that come up that, challenge you in different ways like I yeah. I'm like very proud that I finished an Ironman my heart rate was never elevated through that like it was not it's different it was just different mm-hmm. um but like like I have pride for that and I've pride for like still getting on the bike yesterday and trying the 20 and like trying you yeah. know and it's just yeah. like there's always these new experiences and that's kind of cool to keep seeking out like yes Ooh, and to have other people that so it's not just you're in your own vacuum mm-hmm. yeah. that exposure yeah I think that's such a huge part about it too like you know there's this marketing guy Seth Godin mm-hmm. who says like people like us do things like this mm-hmm. and to be connected with and you know influenced and inspired by people who are like hey there's this wide range of like felt experiences that can be really really hard and it might be not going up by two. It might be not getting in the cold plunge. It might be like yesterday, your, your bike test, the Julian bike test was the first time I put my finger down my throat. Oh, you've and, made yourself throw made up. myself try to okay. throw up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, captured that on film. We're, we're no stranger to like doing hard things and, and stuff like that. And it's not to like, I'm going to do this. So I throw up. Right. Because like, whoa, it's look at me. That's, that's, that's not happens. it. It's just well, like, Julian like... gifted me this opportunity to like <laughs> see it and, and, yeah. and do it and I think that's what's your hardest workout there was one I do remember when you were in the military and we were down and there was a really actually nice gym on base um and there was like a snatch and a sled involved and I and I yeah. think I haven't gotten to the blackout point or to the vomiting point because it's just I'm like so bad at that short hard like I'll just pull back just mm-hmm, enough mm-hmm. but you really went there and we it was it was a struggle. So yesterday before, it was like hours of him like not being okay. When, so when you did that in the military, that snatch sled yeah, workout. Yeah, yeah. So yesterday before he did the bike, I'm like, please do not. Like I had to seriously be like, please do not render our entire like second part of this trip useless by like. That's why like, I didn't want you guys to do yourself. it before we filmed. Yeah. It's like Frank yeah. the Tank is long gone, honey. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> You don't have to worry about that. But yeah, it's it's fun and to have people that get the again not because it's like proving something, but it takes a unique person to be like, oh, I did this this workout was brutal, and you're like, what was it? Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Ooh, like I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. But yeah, we we have been like so inspired by you guys, like, and all of obviously like what you built as a business, but like you are as a couple and like it's it's really cool to um obviously we have some things in common and it's nice to just be a part of you know each other's community so mm-hmm. memorial day weekend the yes. event let's talk about that yeah so we're doing um last year we got a really cool opportunity to go um to dave castro's ranch and do the first ever street parking fitness freedom meetup and it was just like two and a half days of just it, it was more of a fitness festival. There was workouts you could do or not do. And some people tried to do all of it. And some people jumped in on one thing and, and, um, it was just like a hangout and, you know, it was a really huge compliment from, um, some of our members who are very CrossFit OG and even Dave himself was like, this is what the games felt like in 2008, oh, 2009. Wow, yeah. Like yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. people just having a good time and not yeah. taking anything serious. There were no, there was no leaderboard. No one was collecting scores. Nothing, none of that at yeah. all. 
Um, and so this Memorial Day, we're doing it again. And uh, we have you know, a bunch of members and we're gonna go back and do a very similar event. But we are gonna do a, a fun special event for a small group of members on Friday night with you guys to release the program that um, you guys have gifted to our community. <laughs> and let some of our members that will be there um, do one of those experiences in person together. Sessions. 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 Yeah. 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 We're excited for that. What a, what a crazy thing too. Like that's like, you know, hallowed ground. Oh, people were just like, Like, it was really crazy for me to be there with street parking. Cause I, I, because I lived in Northern California, I did tons of seminars there and I went to the 2008 games there. I did my level two there. Um, and so like when we would like stand up on the hill and see these like hundreds of street parking members in the street yeah, parking logo yeah, next yeah. to Dave's yeah, logo and at, it, it was really strange, like very, and to, to have Dave be so welcoming and t- you know, tell us how proud he was of us and like, it was, he had fun. Like, he, oh yeah, he was he just was actually enjoying his right. time there. And he wasn't trying to be in charge at all. Like yeah. 0%. It was, yeah. um, it was very, it was all very interesting and, um, pretty cool. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Are there still spots available? Yeah, I think so. Not a lot, but there are still, at least at the time of this recording. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for the time, and I'm sure we'll do another fun workout today. Oh, I think absolutely. so. The, the Sphinx, I think yeah. we're going to yes. do. Yes. The Sphinx. Number, what about 14? Great. I don't know. Uh, week is uh, yes, 14. Yes. Week, I think it's week 14, yeah. I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much once again. It's always really great having you out here as well yeah. for this. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah. All right. That's it. Do we say bye too? Yeah, bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>